Attention. Ex exclusive pop theologians interview. Welcome, Purgers. We're so excited today that you'll be joining us, and we have the most amazing special guest for you. We are so excited that Jessica Meisel has joined us, and welcome, Jessica. Hello. Hi. So, or I mean, I always sometimes find myself calling you um, Allison when I know it's really Jessica with Marcy. I always go, oh my God, Allison was tweeting us. And she goes, you mean Jessica? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> or Allison. Or yeah. Allison. Um, whatever mood you're in that day, right? You never know. You, know? you never know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for um, tweeting us and for just following all the fun stuff that Marcy and I decided to do when we chose The Purge for our first season. Oh my gosh, of course. No, I'm, I'm excited to chat. Wonderful. Well, I'm just going to kick it off right off the bat because um, we are always so fascinated about like what inspired you to become an actor. Yeah, well, in a way, it was sort of an accident, which is not really the best answer. But I was a singer, um, still am, actually. Um, and I always thought that I would really go more of that route, um, particularly like with opera or classical um, and then I went to school for music and then I kind of got bitten by the, by the musical theater bug <laughs> and, um, did that for a long time, moved to New York and pounded the pavement for a few years. Um, and then I moved back here to Atlanta where I live now and film and TV was just kind of blowing up and I just kind of on a whim, like submitted my stuff to an agent and they picked me up and I just started working. So it was, it was kind of a weird um chain of events that kind of led me to all of it that's always the best way in the how these yes. things happen yes i agree I yeah agree. marcy told me that you are an amazing singer so she must have been tracking you down and hearing <laughs> and listening to some of the stuff that you've been doing and i've been seeing on social media that you have a few performances and shows coming up do you want to talk about those a little bit yeah um Let's see, the one that like I'm doing, it's, um, well, I'm doing a stage reading of the Laramie Project for the Matthew Shepard Foundation. We're Amazing. Doing it, um, yeah, on Sunday, so that'll be great. Like, a lot of people from The Resident are going to be on it. Bruce Greenwood's there, and Stephen Moyer, just really good, a good group of people. And then, um... I don't know if you're familiar with musical theater, but... So we are. So in our last episode, Marcy and I found ourselves going into more um, musical theater riffs. I think I sang a part of Chicago um, <laughs> in regards to reaching for the gun. And I think it was when you, uh, and we'll get to this, rest in peace, Mark, uh, took him down and, and, uh -huh. and uh, he met yeah. his maker. Yes, he did. He met his maker. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's a production I'm doing called Merrily We Roll Along, which is by Stephen Sondheim. And it's basically just a, a concert version, but I haven't sang in a really long time. So it's it'll be good to kind of jump back in and do that. So I'm excited. Do you have a favorite Sondheim? Oh, gosh. I think I did a production of Company a few years ago. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that show. There's a mm -hmm. song called Getting Married Today that um, the character Amy, that's what I play. I think that might be 
my personal favorite. It was just the most, the most fun that I've ever had. So what about you? I personally love Sundays in the Park. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard, you know? Yeah, there's so many good ones. And I love Company, too. I think when I was in high school and I fully knew I was uh, fully gay, I found myself driving home from college uh, singing that soundtrack uh, when it was, like, back on Broadway with, I can't remember the main actor's name, but he was fabulous when he said, Hello, when he sang, Yes, yes. Yes. I saw that four times. Four times? <laughs> talk about a nerd that's me well but, i'm jealous because i just had to listen through my little ipod in my car well it was amazing oh well well i'm sure we could talk about broadway all day long because i start going into long riffs about the importance of broadway in our current <laughs> culture which we all need but um you're on a really different show right now on usa network it's a little bit well i guess it has some sondheim features to it with a little twisty twisty and darky features um but the purge and you know like were you a big fan of horror films growing up you know i wasn't and I'm so, I'm so weird. I love to watch like really disturbing like documentaries and like true crime things. Like I'm very fascinated with that whole realm. But in terms of like actual like horror stuff, I can't really do it kind of like gets in my brain, you know, kind of like seeps in there to think a little too much. And like I have nightmares and stuff, which sounds so like, bleh. um, but no, I, you know, it's funny. I only watched one of the purge movies. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really wasn't a fan of horror, but I love the idea as an actor of doing them. Right. I um, am terrified of zombies. So I think there's, I could never do any shows revolving around zombies, but right. like creepy children and like nuns, like the conjuring type stuff, like I could totally, I think I could totally do. Oh, I just like, I think it's something about the like anticipation of like waiting for something to like jump out. That's what I can't handle. Yeah. Um, that's the devil's work, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, so t- how did you, like, get the role? I would love to hear the history of, like, you know, when you auditioned and how were you auditioning for Allison or just, like, a regular part, a uh, different part of the show? I would love to hear the the story. Yeah, so actually, it is kind of interesting. I um, I actually was not initially supposed to audition for the show at all. Um, I, my next door neighbor, who's also an actress, she actually messaged me and said, hey, there's this role on the new Purge TV series I think you should read for. And I was like, okay. So I emailed my agent and I asked, and apparently I was submitted to casting. So kind of like agents send your stuff up to casting and then they choose who they want to see for to audition. And I was not chosen. <clears throat> um, and I got the size, I, like my neighbor sent me the, the audition sides. And I was like, I could totally play this role. Like I could totally do it. So I asked my agent, I said, well, can I go ahead and tape for it anyway? And you can just send it off to them and see what happens. And she's like, yeah, okay. And so that's what happened. It just was, they were like, great. I didn't have a callback, nothing. They just were like, we like you, let's do this. And I was like, okay, great. Well, I don't know what my life would be like without a little bit of Allison in it. (laughs) I was immediately drawn in the first episode going, this girl is this, this lady is going to be my best friend by the end of this show because she, I'm here for her. (laughs) She's 
sassy and really passive aggressive, but I'm okay with it though. Right, know? right. Um, so I guess my next question is, is like, are you guys all done filming or do you have more to film or like, are you completely out of the purge world? Yeah, so spoiler alert, I'm only in the first, can I say like what I'm, we will spoiler alert. So we were going to post this uh, um, after this week's episode. So this is episode four, I believe, cool. coming up. Great. All right. Just want to make sure. So I'm only in the first four episodes. So I wrapped pretty early, um, but they are, they got, they're done shooting The Purge now. Um, so I'm back working on The Resident now for the time being. But yeah, so I wrapped quite a while ago. Oh, wow. That's insane. Well, I am going to lament every episode that you're not in it <laughs> um, nothing i don't really know what happens to her like so we'll see i'm if it's in the dialogue i don't know but but yeah you'll see it we're just definitely of- gonna see i think marcy and i always have a section about and we'll get to this about who you would purge this week it's kind of like <laughs> if we lived in the purge universe like and we could like yeah. we choose a few mine's been brett kavanaugh for three weeks straight spoiler right. alert but um i think maybe we need to start a new section when you're no longer on the show sorry listeners but what would allison do right right yeah. i know well and that leads me to um with my comment about our you know modern society crumbling before us I love you on Twitter. I just have to say, you are so passionate about so many issues. And I just always, I have some, I have friends out here in um, West Hollywood where I live. A lot of them are in the acting biz, agents, everything. And, you know, they always, you know, some of them tell their clients, you know, don't really get too crazy on social media if you're, you know, up and coming. And some of them are like, screw this. Our society's, you know, just being destroyed before our eyes. Like, how do you play or navigate that role? Do you feel that at all and you know if so I'd love to talk about that yeah no I absolutely do and and it's I try to walk the line right like I I will say that I don't want to offend anybody I never want to like alienate anyone or anything like that so I'm very aware of that but I also don't believe in just kind of being passive and not sticking up or saying anything about things that you really believe in um so yeah, so it is a kind of a tough balance. I do kind of like filter in my mind a bit before I officially tweet something, but I don't know. I just think that with everything that's going on now, now is not the time to like sit back in my opinion. Like now is the time to, even if it's just on Twitter, just to like say like, this is what I believe, this is wrong, um, or this is right, whatever. And um, kind of join some sort of movement or resistance. I don't know. But if that makes any sense. No, that makes total sense. Have, were you, have you always been like politically engaged or socially engaged like that? Um, yeah, for the most part. I would say it wasn't until I moved to New York, I think that uh, you can't help but just be immersed, I think, in such like a melting pot of the world. And I think it just kind of makes you more aware of the struggles that people have and so I think you just, you meet friends from every walk of life and you want the best for them. And so that you can't help but become, I think, more politically involved when you, when you meet different kinds of people. That, at least that was my experience. Yeah. I mean, one thing, you know, Marcy and I really started this show, you know, we're academics who don't want to finish our dissertations. We also have day jobs. So we find ourselves just giving ourselves projects to keep busy so we can say, oh, we're actually doing something. Right. Um, But 
you know, do and and with these issues, we we oftentimes try to break down a lot of the cultures and social wars that we're seeing here on our day-to-day basis and you know through our jobs does do these issues come up on set when you're talking with people or like is it something that stops at the door you know um when you're on set or working with other people or is it kind of a free-for-all because of you know you never know what you're going to get right well you know i will say that we, we do talk about it absolutely um and I, but I have yet to encounter a situation where there was somebody who was on the more conservative side. Um, I do, I mean, maybe they just don't say anything, but I, I think that, you know, the acting world tends to kind of pull in those that are more liberal, right? A little mm-hmm. more open-minded. Um, so I find that when we do have these conversations, it's never an argument or a disagreement. It seems to be we're all kind of of one like mind a bit. Um, so the only time I encountered something different was a theater production I did years ago where there was one member of the cast who was very, very staunchly conservative and very vocal about it. And that definitely caused a lot of friction for sure. Um, but otherwise it seems to all just kind of be a conversation about you know, of like minds. Yeah, it's like when you have that drunk uncle at Christmas that you know voted for Trump and, you, and he starts going off on some tangent saying, oh, kids yep. in cages. And you're like, oh, don't do it, Uncle Tony. Don't do it. Yep, no, I know, it's painful. It's really painful. And that's one thing about I'm why I'm so glad I think we chose The Purge um, for our first season. You know, we're going to be breaking down different shows every season pretty much is because we find so many of these issues that we find so appalling um, in the world today actually kind of talked about on the show when you look at like social inequality you know morality ethics you know all of these things um, being played out before our eyes and murder and all crime is legal it really creates a really fun I guess for us academics like moral question for us to rip apart about does morality live in this world? Right. And I mean, I think that is one thing as an actor, I had the hardest time kind of wrapping my mind around the idea of somebody really being in that mindset of truly wanting to murder somebody and justifying it. And I couldn't quite get there. Like I couldn't quite, you know, like do it. Um, but also, like, the more I thought about it, I, I just, like, when does it get, to, like, in terms of what we're dealing with now, at what point does it get to be too much? Like, how far will it go? Like, does it go to a place where we eventually, like, get this crazy idea of making crime legal for 12 hours? And you know what I mean? Like, how how far are we going to go with, with these extremes that we're seeing now in our politics and in our world? I don't know. It just is a lot to think about, and it's very scary. It is really scary. And I think that's why shows like this and pop culture are so important because it shows you kind of that mirrored reflection of like, you could get here if, you know, these if questions. It's almost like, I, I think I, I greet people with the saying, under his eye from The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. I just go up to him, I go under his eye, under his eye, you know? Yes. And, and when Justice Anthony Kennedy um, announced his resignation, I had to go to a, uh, a conservative, I do government and politics for my day job. And I had to go to a conservative little chamber of commerce and, and, um, and I, and they're all very socially engaged, but you know, I had, I went in there and I, I greeted all them and I said, blessed be the fruit. And 
<laughs> and they and some of them got the joke and they said may the lord open and the others kind of looked at me going don't even try it today yeah right right but i mean like that again that's the kind when i first watched the handmaid's tale it's just eerie the how relevant it kind of it kind of is i i don't know it's just it's just very very scary but i am grateful for shows like the handmaid's tale and like the purge that i think can create a dialogue and i think we need to talk about it we definitely need to talk about it and so i guess like when you come to roles like the purge and we're going to get to the resident because i love your character on the resident um but how did like is it the character itself that like you found really interesting or the show or how do you go about um you know looking at roles and getting really into them because i'm really interested in how like you kind of prepared to play allison yeah so i think every actor is different right in their approach in terms of how they find a character i really go with my gut um i'm not some i can't over prepare too much because then i get real in my head um but uh, when i first because they give you like a, a description of the character right when you get the audition and I kind of, there were just some certain words in the way that she was described, like being very like judgmental and moralistic and yet very passive aggressive and very hardworking. Um, and there's actually a person in my life, <laughs> I won't say who, um, who is very similar, eerily similar to um, that person. And so honestly, I just, my gut instinct was this person that popped in my mind and I just kind of went with it. Um, and I didn't watch any of the movies because I knew, here's another thing we can kind of talk about too, which I think is interesting. I feel like I'm very different in terms of the way that I look from what you typically see in the horror genre. Um, I think typically the women are very slender and, mm -hmm. and kind of straight out of like a sorority, you know, which is fine, um, but that's not me. And so I was a little nervous about that. Um, and I didn't want to watch the movies and have it influence kind of the way that I saw this, this character. Um, but yeah, I just went with my gut and I just kind of held on to it. And that it's like a feeling you kind of get like on the inside of like who this person is. Um, and I just kind of clung on to that. And I kind of, I wanted her to be funny. Like I wanted there to be a lightness to her in a weird way because then I think the murder is just like, it's like a weird thing where you're like, well, she's funny, but she's also really crazy. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, it, yeah. It totally that. does. And I, I really want to break down what you just said about body image and horror movies and specifically yeah. culture as well, because you're totally right. I don't think there's a movie or a television show that really isn't, that is on right now that has a diverse selection of body image or its portrayals of women um and specifically in the horror genre you know it's always that blonde bombshell that you know but is either the quarterback's girlfriend or something like that that you know she's definitely going to die first or she's going to be kidnapped or something's going to happen and i think the good thing that i i think the reason why i loved your character so much and how you played her was that you are fully aware and own your own presence on the stage and your confidence really does come out. Well, well thank you. I, it's interesting. I do hear that. And I will say that I, I don't feel that way on the inside, but I'm glad that it comes across to other people. <laughs> so. Well, I, I think that, you know, 
when you look at all the other characters on the show too, I think I, I made the joke on the first episode that we only were eight minutes in and we already had a girl on girl threesome. <laughs> yes, right. But unfortunately that's what you see a lot in the, in that genre. And I'm not like poo-pooing it because I'm very grateful for, for this job and I'm grateful. I'm glad that they cast someone like me. Um, and there was, it wasn't about my weight. There was no mention of my weight in the dialogue at all, which I thought was really awesome. So I do think that we're, we are making progress for sure. But, uh, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of different skin tones and ethnicities. And I think now it's time to start showing different body types. On- the show is very diverse when you think about yes, um, racially. And I think in terms of where people are coming from in different walks of life that I found very appealing. Yes, 100%. And I do think that they were very cognizant of that. And I think I'm, I'm glad that they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I th- I think this role and discussion of talking about people playing roles that we already see in our day to day lives but aren't presented on screens is a movement that is needed. It needs to get started more. Um, it's like the same conversation that we have with you know the amazing FX show you know Pose uh, with trans actors playing trans actors or you know I think that we need to have this type of representation on our screens because that's how so many of us like come to learn a lot of stuff oh absolutely and and I think back to when I was in middle school or whatnot and like the whole like heroin chic thing was like kind of in right like everybody was like you know under 100 pounds and I it really gets in your brain if that's all you see and you're not you're you don't represent that I think it can really I don't know it can take a toll and um so I'm really hoping that we can kind of change that and maybe those of us in middle school now (laughs) can see a different maybe see themselves on screen and not feel so bad and whatever so so I have a random question so what was Jessica watching in middle school and high school <laughs> what was I watching? I well, I love. See, this is probably why I had body issues. I watched Nine Hundred Two and right? Mm-hmm. I watched um, uh, Ally McBeal. Of course. Lived for Ally McBeal. Um, and she also still needs to eat. So she, she needs a sandwich. She does. Yes. Um, um, uh I loved the movie Clueless. I remember, I, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I watched that movie and I went out and bought every single color pair of knee highs I could find and plaid skirts and tried to mimic that style as much as I could. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch things like BH1, but sometimes I would like sneak upstairs and watch like music videos of like mm-hmm. Janet Jackson and yeah. That was, that was my childhood. What did you watch? Oh my God. So I always make the joke that I learned about sexuality from Dawson's Creek. Yes. Oh, I watched Dawson's Creek too. Of course. In the last episode, people, um, Marcy was like, we were talking about catechism and she, and I go, do you know why I hate catechism, Marcy? And she goes, why? And I said, because it was on Wednesday nights when Dawson's Creek was on. I wasn't mad that I had to go to catechism. I was mad because they were interrupting my Dawson's Creek night. <laughs> priorities hello yeah i know right and then of course buffy the vampire slayer i never got into that but like uh, i know everybody loved it i think i missed out it's great and um oh my god like every other probably cw show or, i'm sorry wb at that time or whatever it was yeah yeah and, 
Melrose Place. My sisters watched all those shows too. I never got into 90210. I did get into the Melrose Place because it was a little bit more scandalous and sleazy, and I kind of like that. No, Kristen Davis on that show, she's everything. I know. Oh my God. I love it. Well, and if you're ever out in West Hollywood, let me know because we definitely would have to go to a screening of Clueless in the cemetery out here. Oh my God, stop. Yes. It is incredible when you will see so many people just like yourselves, just as obsessed as you were and are for the film in a graveyard right next to the Earl Jones Sr. the third um, tombstone. That is hysterical and like sounds like the best time. I'm here for it. It is the best. Oh my God. I love it. Well, I just, you know, am so, I just love that these shows transcend what we really fall in love with. And another show that I've come to love you in is The Resident. Can you tell us a little bit about your character there? Yeah. So she's also a super weirdo. (laughs) I'm sensing a theme. Yes. A little little typecast. and, you know, that's, here's another fun story. So I auditioned for the pilot, which was back in, like, gosh, 2015, maybe? Um, and I auditioned for a role that had three lines. I didn't have a name. Um, I was just scrub nurse and just was supposed to do one episode, um, one scene, which is what it was. Um, you know, I just did the one scene. But then the show got picked up. And they kept bringing me back. Um, and they kind of, so it's been kind of fun. So they've kind of created this character as they've gotten to know me a bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been really fun to kind of see how the writing has evolved and just to be able to really actually now like be on the show when that was never the intention originally. So. Well, all good. Sh- I mean, I'm still a diehard Grey's Anatomy fan, and many of the characters on that show started like kind of in the background, and then they developed storylines, and now they're some of my favorite characters. Yep, absolutely. And I think that they need a little levity, so I think that that they're you know they they wanted to keep me around for an occasional giggle or two. And I definitely want to talk about that. You like this show is a really serious kind of. Um, expose or critique on our modern healthcare system. 100%. And it's, you know, the, the creator, her name is Amy Holden Jones. And her, I, I don't want to misquote here, but I know both of her parents were in medicine. I believe her father was a cancer research. And I think her mother was a nurse. Um, but I know that the stories that she heard from her parents in terms of the things that can go wrong, I think really stuck with her. Um, and she, she wanted to, you know, she wanted to be the trailblazer. She wanted to kind of put that out there. Um, and, you know, the, a hospital is a business. It's not a charity. And unfortunately, a lot of the things that we see on the show, they may seem very over the top and dramatic, but everything that happens in the show are things that happen in real life. So, you know, it's like, even with uh, the first season, one of the storylines, we, we had a oncologist who was diagnosing patients with cancer who didn't really have cancer and then mm-hmm. was treating them. Um, and that really happened to a, a male doctor. He's now in prison for 49 years or something like that, but he was treating patients that didn't have cancer. So this, is that the norm? No, but does it happen? Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, the one thing that, that really gets me going about the show is I sometimes find myself going, oh my God, you're kidding me, right? Or <laughs> like, oh my God, like that can't be true. And I, I, I'm one of those like watchers where I'll go like research something then and you're totally right. Like these things, you're, you're, I love that you were able to do a plug right there because these are real life incidences that are happening. Absolutely, and it's very, very scary. Now, obviously, is it heightened for drama purposes? Sure. There's but always a love triangle. There's always a love triangle. There's always someone hooking up in the little, like, the rooms, the doctor, the lounges. I'm um, never going in one of those lounges, FYI. Don't. You don't even, I don't even want to know. No, <laughs> don't not, not at all. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, um, I know that they're going to, have you heard about the podcast Dr. Death, by the way? Um, No. Okay, I suggest you watch it. It's again, it's a true story based on a doctor who I'll just I won't give away anything, but he was a spinal surgeon who injured and or paralyzed or killed 33 patients on purpose. So, I recommend you give it a listen because it is the most horrifying thing I've ever listened to. So. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I always love a good podcast. Um, so I will definitely be tuning into that. And I do have to say that with the show, The Resident, you have one of my favorite teenage actresses that I loved when I was growing up, Emily Van Camp in there. Oh, yes. She's, I love her. She's wonderful. That always makes me so happy to hear because I have friends that are celebrities and I won't mention them and people that are in the system or not the system, well, I guess you could call it a system, but, or, you know, the world. And, yeah. you know, all, every time when I go home from to Wisconsin, you know, my friends, you know, sit there and say, are they really that nice in person? And I go, yes. There's only yeah. one that I've had to say, no, she's a total utter, you know what. Um, yeah. Me too. Mm -hmm. And I just always love hearing that people that I really love, like are really nice people. Yeah, no, she's very, very normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, I mean, they all are, though. That's the thing. Like, they're all people. Um, but I will say that in terms of the resident, and also with the purge, too, there wasn't anybody um, that was a jerk. I mean, everybody was just, we all get along, we all got along, and um, which is just, it just makes it a lot easier than when you have that one asshole, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah. where are you right now filming The Resident? Like, are you, I know it just aired when listeners will hear this podcast, the um, season two premiere just aired on Fox. Uh, but where are you right now uh, in the filming process? So we are currently in the middle of shooting uh, the seventh episode of this season. So we're moving, oops, sorry, my my phone is sorry for the dinging i know that's annoying um we're not going to tell anyone it's dinging we're just going to let them think that they're hearing a ding and we're just going to drive people crazy so it's the purge of course yeah, in there. um but yeah so we're in the middle of um uh the seventh episode and i actually fun fact i today i got to dance for three hours with jenna dewan so oh my god <laughs> Oh my god what's going on with my phone um <laughs> so so yeah um uh, can you give us a little hint of what's to come or uh anything like that ah uh, can i give a little hint of what's to come um well they actually wanted us to 
live. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to turn that sound off. That is so annoying. Um, <laughs> ugh, I'm the worst. Um, so I, I don't really know how much of it I can give away, but um, I know that there's going to be a, a little dance sequence and I, I am singing again on the show <laughs> this year. Um, and I actually, there's, well, actually you saw tonight, there's a little bit of like a love story that's, I, that's kind of happening with me and one other character. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I, I think it'll be a fun, I think it'll be fun, for sure. Well, I'm just glad that Shonda Rhimes, even though I love her, isn't writing your show because the moment any character couple finds happiness, they're dead. They're dead. They're out of there. Yes. They're she, completely out. Ruthless. Yes. Well, that is amazing. Well, I want to just, I, I have one more question for you, but I want to, before I go to there, just really thank you for taking the time out of your really busy day and evening to chat with me across the country because you're in Atlanta and I'm here in um, the liberal West Hollywood. <laughs> well, no, you're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. This, this is the best. I love it. Oh, well, amazing. Well, so each week, Marcy and I, um, because the world is on fire, um, describe who, if we could, and this is by our little disclaimer at the bottom, that no way in shape or form is this meant to be an actual threat to anyone in the real world. But if we lived in the purge universe and it was that night and we could purge, who would we purge? So I want to ask you, um, do you have a person that you would purge this week? Oh gosh. I mean, obviously, I mean, I go to someone like Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, can, Donald Trump, I feel like is an obvious answer. Um, you I can never purge him enough. I know you can't. I really, I think I'm going to go with Jeff Sessions. I just, I just think he's the worst. Um, so yeah, although I think he might get purged in his own way. <laughs> eventually. I have a feeling he is going to get purged in his own way. I mean, you know, we'll set his little troll tree or bridge on fire <laughs> eventually, I think, because he is Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions, named after a civil rights person, uh, I'm sorry, a uh, civil war uh, captain from the South. I have a feeling that we know what he's all about. He's the worst, although I, I would miss Kate McKinnon's impersonation of him on SNL, but otherwise. He is amazing uh, and doing that. I just don't know how she comes up with all those different characters, but I'm not an actor, so I'm not in that mindset. It doesn't make any sense. It does. She doesn't make any sense. She's remarkable. Oh my God. Well, I think in terms of my purging this week, yeah. um, I'm not going to say Brett Kavanaugh again, because I feel like I've successfully purged him like four times but i'm going to start purging um like i want to literally purge mark judge the person that refuses to come forth and testify because uh, you know that mother trucker knows something he knows all the things like i just can't i can't with the situation it's the worst or no Ooh, wait i changed my answer who's the woman on fox news Shapiro what was her, what's her oh, name oh Judge Shapiro is that her the woman who's like she taught I can't even imitate the way that she talks she's like this Italian woman yes I think I think um I yeah I, I can do Jeff Sessions next week this week I think I gotta go with her she's she's kind of she's all over my nerves this week she had I so I'm a view the view addict I watch mm -hmm. the view um and I specifically when I'm having a hard day will go back and watch the Rosie and Elizabeth fight from like the early 2000s <laughs> Uh -huh. 
and I will totally watch them like go crazy on each other and it makes me feel a little bit better inside but she definitely was on The View a few months ago and got into it with Whoopi and they like literally like asked her to leave that's amazing I'm gonna watch that when we're done like 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 Google like Judge Shapiro The View you won't regret it it will totally make your entire evening I'm gonna do it that sounds amazing well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking with us. You know, well, me, although the, us is just the voices in my head. And I just want to say we're huge fans of yours and we cannot wait to see what you do next. Yes, well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Wonderful. Well, there you have it, Pergers. My interview with Jessica Mizell, um, who plays Allison on The Purge. Um, she is completely incredible. We absolutely adore her. And we just want to say thank you again for coming on. We look forward to bringing you your regularly scheduled purging episode later on this week, but we hope you enjoy this bonus content. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, um, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and always make sure you're interacting with us on Tuesday nights when new episodes air because the show is getting crazier and that means we're going to get sassier. So thank you everyone and happy purging. <laughs>